Give me a moment's peace and take out the trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Joe, and me, Caleb, and our guest, Alex, that's me, go to the cinema to watch movies and decide whether or not they are hot trash. Caleb, what did we see this week? Actually, no, Alex, you're the guest. What did we see this week? We saw Floral Bombat. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. Throughout history, different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions. That dragon marking? I think it's an invitation to fight for something known. Mortal Kombat. The 2021, uh, I guess it's technically a reboot because there's been two other movies. Reboot of Mortal Kombat, a new adaption. General fun times with with everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite Mortal Kombat characters who have been around for decades. Cole (laughs) Young, that I definitely know about. (laughs) Joe, what's your history with Mortal Kombat? I grew up going to a pizza place called Pizza Inn, and they had a couple arcade machines. Uh, The X-Men animated, or animated the x-men arcade game was one of them great game the ninja turtles one was one of them uh marvel versus capcom was one of them and then tucked away in the corner because it was a little too violent for the kiddos it was mortal Kombat. was this the de-blooded version or did no because have- it was the arcade version okay. so it had blood and that was my first experience with mortal Kombat. and i have since played two other games <laughs> the reboot uh, I played the reboot that is number nine, but it's just titled Mortal Kombat and then uh, 10. I don't think I've ever played Mortal Kombat on a console, except maybe once or twice with you mm-hmm. when 10 came out. Um, but whenever I'm at an arcade, I do try to go there. Um, and last time I was at an arcade a couple uh, weeks ago, and I did intentionally pick characters who I thought were going to be in the movie. So I picked uh, Kung Lao and Jax and Reptile. And I lost with almost all of them. <laughs> I think I won with Kung, Kung Lao. <laughs> I won with one of them. I think he was the one. Hey, Alex, what's your history with Mortal Kombat? Uh, don't have any whatsoever. <laughs> That's about you're, right. You're not a fighting game guy, right? Not at all. It's my least favorite kind of game. It's my favorite kind of game. Well, we have differing opinions. Could we fight about it? Only if it's mortal. Combat. There it is. Combat time! So the plot of Mortal Kombat is Raiden's assembling a team of warriors to fight in Mortal Kombat, but that tricky Shang Tsung, he's trying to uh, break the rules and kill the contestants before there could be a tournament. Even though they've won the past nine tournaments, so you think he'd be pretty, like... Confident? Confident, yeah. But nope, not enough. Gotta cheat. Well, especially because there is kind of a midpoint where he goes to Raiden's temple and he's like, this is all you got? And then at that point, you should think he goes back to Outworld and he's like, we're good. Yeah. He's got a bunch <laughs> of losers working for him. I've got all these trained assassins. Yeah, we're good. We'll just wait it out. But nope, he's like, double our efforts. I've seen just, how weak the competition I is. I really just want to invade Earthrealm. Like, <laughs> I, I got to get to it now. Like, a year from now, I ain't going to do it. Listen, you never know what's going to happen. There might be a global pandemic on Outworld. I'll have to stay home. <laughs> He really would have won if he just didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have tried to they wouldn't have tried any harder. No. Yeah. 
<laughs> they've just have been, been murdered. There wouldn't have been trauma for them to get their arcana or whatever. They're, Sonya they're Blade it. would have never gotten her mark. Yeah. Uh, Scorpion would have never shown up. No. But the movie begins with, you see backstory where Scorpion fights Sub-Zero before either of them have their cool powers. Something that looks from a completely different movie because it's so, I wouldn't say much better than the rest of the movie, but just it's really good compared to the rest of the movie. I, I thought it was much better than like 70% of yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's still in the same level of like almost cheesiness that the rest of the movie falls into, but it yeah. is, it's substantially cooler. It's melodrama. I think it helps that they're speaking two other languages Mm -hmm. um, because then we maybe, and also these are, I'd say probably better actors in general. Listen, listen, Sony blade. She gives her all here. I can hear the bad dialogue coming out of her mouth. Combat time. Oh my God. There was one scene. Is she like pointing and yelling at a Kano Kano? There we go. And I just remember sitting there watching that and being like, this is awful. (laughs) Um, and then we cut to the modern day after sub zero kills Scorpion and his family and his family, but not his baby. Yeah. Not his youngling. Raiden comes and gets the youngling. Then we cut to, Cole Young fighting in a UFC. Yeah, like an underground UFC. And guys, he's got birthmark. But guess what? He was born with it. He was born with it. <laughs> that is my favorite dialogue in okay. the whole movie. Admittedly, it was switched around for the movie and the trailer is, is where it's really bad. Oh, it was in the trailer? He was yeah. born with it. It's a birthmark. And I did this, not watch a this, single trailer for this. Oh, uh, I think there's only one, I'm pretty sure. Oh, but, I did not watch that single trailer for this. Okay, I might be in the minority here because I already told you did you think that the little girl was his younger sister yes okay yes well, you just it threw me off me so much when... who you thought was his mom yes okay good i'm not alone <laughs> i mean like i was at least like tipped off by the fact that like she was clearly his age but i thought that was just like a bad casting so did i because he looks younger he and then he just, like he, he just full-on kisses her, and it's like, okay, this is a different dynamic yeah. than I thought. <laughs> he, he doesn't look like he should have a 14-year-old daughter, much in no. the same way she didn't look like she should have a 30-year-old son. So <laughs> I agree that the daughter is too old. I always knew that that was the daughter. It was just miscast. Those two are clearly a couple, though. Not in that first scene, I didn't think. Here's the thing that bugs me about the first scene. Uh, his wife is wrapping his, uh, his gloves, right? Okay. And then she's like you have to move your hands to feel if they're tight enough. I'm like, he's a professional UFC fighter. He knows what this is. is. Oh yeah. He used to be a professional. Yeah. And that sets up what I think is the core, either problem or benefit of the movie, depending on who you are. This movie doesn't know which information it should and which information it shouldn't give you. Yeah. I, yeah, it does or doesn't both. Cause this movie is full of just like, we're going to say something and we're going to hope you don't care because we're not going to explain it. Like how Prince Goro, when he joins, uh, when he joins the bad guy, they're like, we're so glad to have a, someone of the blank, blank bloodline join our team. And I'm like, well, cool. hope nobody cared about who that bloodline is, why they matter. (laughs) The politics of Outworld. I, Maybe I was wrong in assuming that no one cares about Mortal Kombat lore, so everybody's just going to roll with it, like, no matter what they throw at you. I mean, that's something that can work for a fighting game. I don't think that works for a movie, though. I don't... Because as someone who doesn't understand anything about Mortal Kombat, 
Much of this movie was painful. <laughs> what was the worst part about it? It was just the fact that they didn't explain anything. <laughs> it took like half or it took like a good third of the movie to actually get any information on what was actually going on. I think they give you enough basic outline of like assembling the warriors or whatever. There's a tournament. Shang Tsung's a cheater. Got to do who fights. I think that is like enough of a basic outline. And then the rest is just flavor text that admittedly can be confusing if you don't understand what where it's coming from or what it alludes to. And but I don't think any of it is like absolutely necessary. But there's a simple solution. Get rid of the flavor text. Then you have a much more streamlined movie. You do have a much more streamlined movie. But then, like, does it uh, come under the criticism of there's nothing? No, because there's nothing here already. They just yeah. Say so things. I think I think the flavor text doesn't take away from the fact that there's nothing here already. I think it emphasizes that there's nothing here already, <laughs> which I don't think is a problem either. I do think the movie probably would be more enjoyable if it was a little simpler. You can go either one or two ways. Either go where it's super streamlined and I'm just here for the fights, like Godzilla v Kong. There's a little bit of fluff in that movie, but mainly they're just get into the next fight or go way too complicated with it. Like fully go into like the, like this person is this person, but reincarnate, like just make some crazy stuff. And I think they did at one point. I think this movie had extensive reshoots done due to some staging or just a lot of stuff cut out. That's why I was feeling. Well, we'll get into that, I guess, because we, we have, we've barely start started the plot. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They assemble the team. They're at Ryan's temple where the, like a majority of the movie takes place. They're bad guys and they're good guys. Then there's Kano. <laughs> <laughs> the moral ambiguity of mankind. <laughs> the standout role of this movie. There are three The enjoyable genders. role of this movie. <laughs> there's men, women, and Kano. <laughs> Crazy Australian, you got it. Um, but go back to what you were saying. So yeah, just going right into it. Cole Young is like, he's the descendant of like, uh, Scorpion's clan, the baby that survived that Raiden took. You can figure this out pretty early on. Cause he keeps like having dreams and like seeing Scorpion in the mirror or something. So I think he was originally supposed to turn into Scorpion. And then they realized this guy's acting is horrible. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. That that stuff is way too heavy-handed in the beginning where it's like this dude is inside you or whatever. I think that's just creating the connection. Because maybe. I think that would have been way too much to reshoot. The one thing maybe, that- Maybe that wasn't a reshoot, but maybe that was like an original scripting thing that just didn't uh, exactly- didn't get to the That, that didn't like fall draft. off really. Maybe, yeah. My thing with the, my thing with, I think stuff is cut out. It's just, there's a lot of weird moments in the editing where, oh, suddenly everyone's over here for this scene. I'm like, okay, there's no real establishment. And they're reusing locations a bunch too, which makes me think like, okay, they went, they went back and like added some more stuff after they realized, oh, we're in four places. Yeah. Cole Young is interesting. I didn't really. Words never uttered by any other man. (laughs) His inclusion is interesting. (laughs) His inclusion is interesting. I I guess they just wanted an Aizen character, even though they have so many Aizen characters. They could have done anyone. It could have been Jax. It could have been Sonya. It could have been Johnny Cage. Yeah. Well, I'm fine that they don't include Johnny Cage here. I'm fine with them having a completely new fighter. I think that's fine. But since he is tied into Scorpion, and Scorpion is such a big part of the franchise. I do think that there is very much this thing where it's like, we're going to make him related to someone. So he matters. Yeah. So I think maybe actually the opposite happened, maybe in the, the writing process, instead of he turns into Scorpion, maybe they're like, ah, oh, we need to make him matter. Uh, Scorpion. <laughs> 
what sticks out to you? What are the, so our characters are, we got Jax, he has arms, then he doesn't have arms. Then, then he, he has, has robot arms. He has little arms, then he has big robot arms. I was arms. about to say, and right in the time when he needed them most, they got bigger somehow. <laughs> it was his arcana. Good thing he got his arms cut off. The tech became more tech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got we got Kung Lao. He can throw that hat. He's got a frisbee sure hat. Sure can. He got she got Sonya Blade. She, she isn't special yet until she is. <laughs> but she Luke really Kang. cares. Liu Kang. He's got fire and he cares a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, we got Raiden. He's occasionally there. That's par for the course. Yeah. Honestly, uh, we got the best character, the only one who we really want to talk about, Joe. I have found while watching things with you that there is one type of character. It's a guarantee you will like, and I'm going to use this name, even though it doesn't apply to every single character who falls into that trope. And that is the crazy Australian. Mm -hmm. So we've got the person who solidified this captain boomerang from suicide squad. Almost said the suicide squad, No, not quite. but he is going to be in the suicide squad. Hopefully for longer than he is in the trailers. <laughs> he pops up in suicide squad and he had some most Australian thing I've ever heard in the sense that I can't understand what he's saying. (laughs) (laughs) And still to this day, do not know what he says. Yeah. I watched it with subtitles one time and I closed my eyes during that scene because I don't (laughs) want to know. I don't want the illusion spoiled. But then there's the one who's not Australian, but definitely fits into that. And that's Euron from Game of Thrones. Yeah. He gives off some crazy Australian energy. Yeah, he really does. And then the person who I think solidifies it, your boy Kano. Well, he ain't my boy. I do like him in this movie, but he ain't my boy. Who's a your- boy Kano? Yeah, yeah, a boy Kano. Who's your boy in this? Oh, I'm a Scorpion fanboy, but okay. But yeah. in this movie, yeah, no, talk- Kano's Kano's really fun until he isn't. Yeah, let's talk about Kano. I don't know. He's crazy. Like I don't. I don't know what more to say. He just he has he has a line eighty yard or not for every like response to everything in this movie, everything happening. He is the character who like spoiler alert. He turns evil. He is able to just say anything and get away with it. Mm -hmm. So he's the one who's just constantly making fun of not only the concept of what's going on, but everyone involved in the concept. Yeah. Like all this stuff. And I'm not saying he's funny. I think there's only terribly unfunny. Yeah. There's only one line that I think I really laughed at and I can't even remember what it was, but was it when he has his, he gets his eyeball laser and he's like, that's way cooler than fire. You (laughs) okay. I did (laughs) laugh at that one. I did laugh at that one. There's also one where Luke King puts his hand on like uh, Kano's shoulder and he's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yes. That was the one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was great. That was led up to be just this intense dramatic moment. And just broken with that. (laughs) So he has a couple good jokes, but I think for the most, part his redeeming quality is not that he's making jokes it's just that he is not taking anything seriously in a way that the viewer can really graft onto. uh yep that's that's what happened with me he pretty much personified my reaction to the movie most and of then the he becomes evil and gets insanely less fun he got less fun before he turned evil he i did, actually like kind less. of got excited he got evil he turned evil because got, i was like oh he might be interesting again he got less fun as soon as he got the eyeball laser he, they, and then yeah. he immediately gets like sidelined for everybody else because it's like all right we gotta get everybody up to speed i i think he's fine like it's obvious that he's gonna die in this whether that's uh, to me at least because he's like the most disposable and so when he turns evil i'm like oh cool sonia can kill him get her thing that's nice character arc blah 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 i do wish he had a better death though his fatality is getting a gnome stuck in his eye he did hate the gnome he spit in its hand uh any of the fights stuck out to y'all of uh, Kano and Sonya in the desert, which is like just an excuse mm-hmm. to have a fight. How did you describe that in the car, Alex? Oh, we haven't met a fourth character <laughs> yeah. yet in this movie, so let's just have two of them fight for some reason. <laughs> 
that was the moment where I was just like, look, I get it. It's a fight fighting movie. There's way too much of that. <laughs> Cause they just bring it out of nowhere. It's so unnecessary and they just ham fist it in. I don't, yeah, but do you care about the plot of Mortal Kombat? I mean, I guess you do. I was you, trying to figure yeah. it out and it wasn't telling me anything. And then it was just like, Oh, fights. And like, I don't know. I guess that's a point, but as someone who doesn't understand it, yeah, I want a little more substance than that. Yeah. Otherwise it's just a weird movie. Once again, I think you could also go less substance and that'd be fine. It's just, it cool. felt like it was trying to have substance. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I think it's walking this middle ground and it could go either way and be better off. It's trying to set up a franchise. That's, I mean, without being super ham-fisted and bringing in a bunch of stuff, it's like, we'll reveal more later. It's just trying to establish that there is more to the world, I think. A world that I don't think anyone really cares about that much. Uh, I don't think it's too big of a loss if they didn't dive into it. I do want to talk about the fights, though. I, I mean, we were starting to go yeah. there and then I <laughs> switched it, so I apologize. But uh, I will say the cool thing about this movie and the really cool thing about the fights is as soon as they start fighting each other one on one, I mean, it's so cheesy, but it's so fun because like everyone's on like these linear bridges. Mm-hmm. And even though the camera's moving around them, it's like, oh, it's set it's up 2D. like a 2D fighter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does a great job of playing homage to, uh, to the to the game from Liu Kang just doing the sweep kicks in his fight against Kano because that's the best move to when he does the uh, like the flurry kick in the air and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, we're a video game movie and we're going to embrace it. We're not going to, we're not going to think it's lame. I think that they could have structured some of the fights where they're cutting back between multiple people better. Yeah. Um, and I think that like, there are some just cheap moments where like we bring in woman bat and Natana. Natana. Yeah. Natana. And she's just there to die because Kung Lao's going to die in this. So we need to get his, you know, famous fatality in there. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Would have been cooler if it was one of the characters they'd been fighting or if they just brought her in a little bit earlier. I think it was funny enough that they kind of hyped her up a little bit where it's like, isn't she beautiful? Well, that's the hyping up though. (laughs) The hyping up is like, oh, she's hot. Not, oh, she's a really good fighter. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe not the hot thing. Cause I, I thought that was more just Shang Tsung. It's like the majesticness of her, like form, like not her curvaceous form or anything, but like her flying woman bat form, like a hawk in the sky, kind of terrorizing with the screeches. And then she's said, it's like, oh, okay. Kung, Kung, Kung Lao's pretty useful. The one thing that I'm not a fan of is that Cole Young always sucks and he never doesn't suck. He, um, yeah, never. He, I mean, he beats Goro. Which is a shame. I mean, they're going to bring him back because they showed the shadowness and death means nothing in the Mortal Kombat universe. Spe- but like, well, if you're a bad guy, but especially. Like, Goro's the final boss and he's the first one taken out. Um, yeah, but that's the only time like then he immediately goes and like almost loses a fight until Sonya Blade goes in. Then he goes to fight Sub-Zero and almost loses that fight until <laughs> Scorpion comes in. <laughs> so he wins exactly one fight. And I like that there's constantly stakes in this movie. I like that everyone seems to be on an even footing, except for, for Sub-Zero, who is clearly just like, overpowered. Yeah, miles above everyone else. But like if he's going to be your main character, maybe make him matter a little bit more. Yeah, but who cares about Cole Young, really? Like, who cares? But you could have cared. You could have. You could have. They could have given him a cooler power. Instead of literal plot armor. (laughs) Literal 
armor that came from the plot and helps him. I think the coolest fight is the last one with Sub-Zero and uh, Scorpion. Scorpion's rad. <laughs> Scorpion yeah. is Scorpion's so cool. rad in this movie. Once you see, uh, once he, once he says his catchphrase, which this movie is full of, and I'm fine with that, mm-hmm. of say the words, Bart, you know, he says the words and then it gets to be a pretty cool fight. God, when Sub-Zero like uses his blood in the air and turns it into a knife, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I love that uh, Sub-Zero's lair is just a warehouse that he just froze over. <laughs> no, it's like the boxing ring they were at the, at the beginning. Oh, it was? Yes, it's literally everything is like reused sets. Oh, I didn't realize that. I do wonder, they, though. They like, I still love that it's just he froze over the entire place before he got him there. They can So Raiden can send the fighters to anywhere for mm-hmm. the final fight, and he still chooses like a pretty dangerous bridge for Jax instead of like anywhere that would be useful to Jax. <laughs> like, Oh, Jax and Liu Kang. Yeah. 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 Liu Kang is just like, he's in a, he's in like a stone temple thing. That's fine. But like, I'm going to take you on a bridge where if you accidentally take a right step after you teleport there, you will die. <laughs> it was just an excuse to get people together. And I'm fine with that. I, I took whatever this movie threw at me because I, I think it knew not to take itself too seriously. See Stuff like that, stuff like that. And making fun of, uh, one of my other things in this Sonya blade has eight, billion uh walls of crazy mm-hmm. and doesn't digitize any of it so when it gets caught on fire inevitably she's just like all that research down the drain <laughs> what's a computer like that's stuff that i can make fun of but have fun with it that's not a real criticism i do have a real criticism yeah, what's your rant that you're talking about well do we have any more to say on the fights they're good like it, they are for for a movie called mortal Kombat, and you're coming for fights like they are worth coming for i think you have some pretty talented um stunt workers here uh, martial artists. I wish they held longer on the fights. So you can get a lot out of the they choreography. They do early here. on and then it like starts, they start doing more cuts, especially when they're cutting between fights and it makes it even harder to follow. But yeah, not yeah. N- nothing like terribly egregious where I was like, come on this. I don't think the cinematography was very good in this movie. There was a lot of like, we're going to show this character in a medium shot when it would make a lot more sense to show them in a wide shot because we're going to show them in a wide shot in their next shot. And so like, I don't know, it's not exactly the most film literate way to show it, but I think in the fights they did it overly cut. I just wish we could have like yeah. seen more on display. Yeah. The, the fights probably had the best cinematography out of a movie that I think just had sloppy cinematography. All right, rant. Begin of this movie. Scorpion's family gets fridged. Okay, Fine. I expect fridging to happen in this type of movie. Then we get to the end of the movie and another family is fridged. Here's the thing. Parallels. They're the same person. You could tell when they looked in the mirror and he saw Scorpion in himself. You know, it's like poetry. It just kind of rhymes. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing. Fridging is pretty widely accepted now to be a lazy storytelling device. Right. Like you just kill off these characters who don't have much personality or don't have much plot function just to get a cheap emotional reaction. Now, Cole Young's family doesn't end up dying, but I would argue it's still the same problem as fridging. They are useless characters who have no real plot relevance, except we have to push him forward. Instead of like actually examining his character and finding a way to push him forward, we're just going to put these people in danger. I think you care way too much about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> See, I figured you'd say that, but here's the thing. This is a problem in so many movies that it doesn't matter what the movie is. This is just a problem. Like, can I use the word? It's a problematic trope. Not even in the sense that like, yes, this happens to female characters more than anyone else. 
but in the sense that like, it's just lazy storytelling and I'm going to call it out when I see it. Just like I'm going to say like the good thing about this movie is that there are consistent stakes, like because it feels like the characters could be beaten in any of the fights. I'm going to say that's good when I see it, even if it's in a movie that I think is just eh, but I'm also going to call out the bad stuff. I mean, yes, this is a podcast where we ironically enjoy movies, but I don't think that means we have to be stupid about them. Not calling you stupid. I'm just saying Sound like you call me stupid. Man. I'm calling you stupid. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, I'm not going to be able to ignore that kind of stuff when I see it. And I'm not going to pretend like I don't see it because this movie is somehow like it is dumber than most movies, but it's still a movie. So I suppose, and it could be better. Like that's the thing. There's a lot of good stuff here. And like, if they had simplified it a little bit, if they had made Cole Young a more interesting character, then this wouldn't have just been a movie that has some fun fights and some goofy moments that we can laugh at in Kano. This could have been a good movie, not groundbreaking, not, you know, heart wrenching, but a good movie with good fights and Kano. I suppose I got everything I wanted out of this movie. And I, ex- I expect the things I expected to be bad were bad. The things I expected to be good were good. It met your expectations. It, it, I am whelmed. Yeah. It, I mean, it met my expectations just too. I just, you know, um, Alex, I, d- I didn't expect anything and I was still disappointed. <laughs> would you go see a sequel? The sequel, which yeah, is happening, which I hate to say, but yeah, I'll go see it. <laughs> I hope they get, I hope they get a different director. Just one who is better at like, not even better, just more interesting at filming yeah, fights. They kind of blew, blew the, blew my expectations with this one. So I don't expect this to be more than a second movie, which is also why I'm hoping we get the tournament in the second movie because I don't think we'll get a third. But do you think it's hot trash? Oh yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Soft, hot trash. Uh, And I think that your mileage is going to vary depending on how familiar you are with the franchise. Me recognizing most of these characters definitely helped. It's, I don't think it's a very accessible movie, but yeah, I had fun with it. It's goofy. Uh, Kano was a big part of that. It's just trash. Get that out of here. Oh no, it's the hottest of trash. Hottest of trash. So far in the year, yeah. Definitely. Okay, of the year, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, would you put this up with like, uh, like Charlie's Angels or something like that? No, because I think this is immensely better than those movies. I think those are bad, like the Charlie's Angels and the Cats of the World. I mean, I'd rather watch Cats again. Um, oh man, no. That's because I've never seen a movie like Cats. I've seen a movie like Mortal Kombat. I've seen a movie <laughs> called Mortal Kombat. Um, <laughs> um, what about, well, and I'd say, would you say it's better than like a a movie that is, we call hot trash, but borders on good, like villains or ready or not? Yeah, I'd say it's along the lines of those. Okay. Um, the better kind of hot trash, in my opinion. Best video game movie? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh no, Detective Pikachu exists. Detective that's like Pikachu is a good. high bar. Yeah. Um, also Sonic. Sonic's like just a six out of 10. <laughs> I think Sonic's way better than this. I don't know. I think Different strokes, different folks. Yeah. I, I can't wrap my mind around comparing this to Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love well, to see Well, in my college thesis, I actually did compare the two and... Well, y'all, I want to thank you for coming and listening to the Hot Trash Unlimited. Uh, come back next time when we and J- me and Joe will fight to the death in Mortal Kombat ten times to see who can control the podcast realm. Um, I suppose but, it'll be Caleb because he's assembling the CPU. <laughs> that's true. Let's talk about the CPU real quick. So, guys, uh, I love podcasting and I have several podcasts. I usually don't do a lot of self-promotion on here, but I'm going to dip into it a little bit. Oh, I'm remembering um, this now. I thought you meant to do with the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead though. No, no. Uh, so, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've promoted 
Uh, me and Joe's other podcast, All New 52, that's about comics. You can go check that out. Uh, we had Danny on to help promote uh, the Snub Club, so you can check that out too. But I want to talk about my newest podcast real quick. And the reason I want to talk about Joe is because it came out of this podcast. So if you all remember the Star Wars holidays, Lego holiday special thing, and just the fun that me and Alex and Steven had on that one, well, we have taken that energy and we put it into a new show with, I'd say, even less format than this one and less like sense of of actually accomplishing anything. It's called Star Wars Therapy. The first episode just went up of the recording of this. Um, it's going to be a monthly podcast where we talk about Star Wars. Um, that could mean talking about a show. That could mean talking about what characters we would want to have a podcast with. Alex, do you have anything to say about Star Wars Therapy? Uh, it's a wild time, and it's just, you know, it's some good boys getting together talking about something they all love, and you should go listen to it. You should. All right, Joe, the self-promotion's out of the way. You look... You look sad. He looks so mad that you <laughs> you promoted it. <laughs> all right, y'all. Have a great day. Like, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Leave us a five-star rating. Joe can't get mad at me for saying any of this because he says at the end of all each All New 52 episode. I'm not getting mad at you for this. Bye. Bye.